I don't think I'm uh, much of a stranger. I see so many people I know in the house here. So uh, I'm not a stranger. I've been here. Probably some of you, you've never seen me. But people like Shannon, they know me very well. Uh, uh, a lot, a lot of people here know me. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, my wife and the kids couldn't make it. Uh, she was supposed to reserve some tickets. But she did not reserve the tickets. And then uh, she looked only uh, a week before traveling. And she found that the tickets were $5,000 to, to bring my whole village here. I got a village out there, uh, five kids. Uh, so she couldn't make it. Uh, so now you're going to be stuck only with me. Uh, let me say this. Uh, I'm so thankful to Pastor John uh, for uh, inviting me to share the word of God. I've known this man of God for quite some time. Uh, we lived right in the neighborhood here. And uh, when we were starting our ministry, our television ministry, uh, he, you know, I invited him actually to share on the TV uh, ministry that we, we had started, which has uh, tremendously grown. And um, he came, he graciously helped us uh, with the word of God. And, and uh, since then, uh, you know, he would, I would speak to him and, and uh, just uh, learn more things from him. And I'm so thankful. And uh, for some of you, you may not know, I used, uh, I used actually to sneak in in this church to come and worship if I wasn't speaking anywhere else. And my wife uh, attended so many services right here, so that's why I say we are not uh, strangers. Uh, we, we are now based in uh, Ontario, uh, but it is good to be back here in uh, Saskatoon. Uh, as we begin the, the, the series, uh, my prayer is that um, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Uh, I just want you to give room to the Holy Spirit, uh, to just give room to the Holy Spirit to do what he desires uh, to do in us during these, uh, you know, these uh, three services we're going to have. And uh, the topics that we're looking at as we look at uh, Unleashed is uh, Persistence. Uh, it is important if you see there is a picture there of uh, a plant uh, shooting off of uh, a concrete there. Uh, usually you'd need a good soil uh, to, for a plant to look that good. But that plant shows us uh, persistence. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, ground, what kind of uh, uh, place you are, if you persist in your faith, something good comes out. And uh, we're going to be talking also, touching on endurance as well as uh, perseverance. But I want to take you, first of all, uh, through just some few points here that we'll be looking at because we're going to look at uh, persistence, consistency, and uh, patience as well, uh, uh, which are three important uh, characters or uh, characteristics or nature of God. How many know that God is persistent? He is persistent in pursuing us. And how many know that God is consistent? He doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. He is always consistent. And how many know that God is patience? He is so patient, actually, the Bible describes him that uh, because of his uh, grace and his patience, we have not been consumed. I love God for that. Because he is a patient God. Now, I want us to look at uh, this word uh, to persist. What does it mean to persist? Uh, uh, as you can see on the screen there, to persist uh, simply means uh, to continue firmly in spite of uh, difficult opposition or failure. 
Uh, when we talk of that failure, the Bible also talks about, um, uh, you know, uh, we may fail, the righteous may fail seven times, but they will rise up. What does that mean? They persist. They persist to walk with God. They persist to pursue God. So as we can see there, to persist simply means to continue family in spite of a difficult opposition or failure. Uh, many of us, when we face challenges, it is easier for us to give up. And many people change the plans of God that he had originally for them when they encounter the storms of life. How many know we all encounter storms? And you're going to encounter storms. Storms will be there in your life. But just because you are encountering storms, it doesn't mean that God has changed his mind concerning the promises that he promised you. It is important to understand to reach the destination that God has called us to. We're going to have to have uh, that spirit of uh, persistence to persist in difficult times. I actually say you haven't served God and you haven't worshipped God until you are able to worship God in difficult uh, situations and in difficult times. How many know it is good to worship God when everything is going good? Actually, it is easy to worship God and to say, I'm following God when everything is going well for you. But can you worship God when nothing seems to be working? Can you still glorify God as the greater I am, as the almighty God, or as Adonai when things are not working out for you? So we haven't yet worshipped or followed Jesus Christ until we are able to follow him through the twists and turns of life. Trusting God despite the circumstances that may be in front of us. Because God is faithful and he has said that we may go through the valley of death or the valley, uh, whatever valleys we may go through, he is faithful to take us through that valley. So we begin to understand here that uh, to keep moving ahead in spite of the twists and turns of life and to keep pressing forward and to never give up is actually the best description of uh, persistent. This past couple years, we have seen uh, the pandemic and everything that has happened in the world that has uh, caused a lot of us to lose our focus on Jesus Christ, to lose our focus on the cross of Calvary, to lose our passion for Jesus Christ because uh, the enemy came to challenge everything that we stood for. But it shouldn't have been that way because uh, if we had uh, you know, a persistent faith, we could have still stood strong in within our homes to worship God whether they sent us home or whether we were in the church. Why? Because we have a persistent faith that follows Jesus Christ no matter what is going on. I want to share with you a story which is found in the book of Genesis. And I love this story because it's a good description of a persistent person pursuing what they need to pursue from God and God giving in and answering them. Because if we're going to go to where God wants us to go, we're going to have to understand the importance of persistence. And just before we go into the story of Genesis 32, let me give you a quick testimony of our 
before we left Saskatoon uh, for Ontario, we had heard the Holy Spirit speak to us, to me and my wife. We were coming from Cold Lake where we were, we were uh, ministering there. And then we felt the, the Lord put upon us that the season is over. He wanted us to start something else, you know, uh, something else in Ontario due to our television ministry. I had only been to Ontario once, to Toronto, to one of the bigger church there to minister. Uh, I didn't know anybody, and it was only from uh, the hotel straight to the church, and the church straight to the hotel. So I didn't know anything on the ground. We never knew any other churches in the area. Uh, we had no friends. And by the way, we moved to a small town called Guelph. I'd never been there before. We never even knew the place. We couldn't even pronounce the word guaf until recently but we begin to understand that God wanted us to go there uh, as, as we began to drive it took us four hours my wife then she was pregnant with our fourth son uh, she ended up having swallowed her legs and we couldn't uh, go as fast as we could and uh, as we Continued going, we had rented the house through a property management. And the future wasn't looking bright, but we heard the voice of God. The future wasn't looking good for us because we left quite a lot of things here. We left a, a good job. We left, a, you know, ministry. We had lots of people that were supporting us and we were working with a lot of people here. But God said that you go. You see, what was standing between us and uh, what God had shown us was uh, our desire to persist uh, even when it didn't look like uh, bright for us. So as we go to Guafa for six months, we slept in the house on the carpet. And my wife, she was pregnant. We had no mattress. We had no nothing in the house. And you know, your mind begins to speak to you. You've left uh, so many good stuff. What did you do? You made, uh, you made a mistake. If I had to pay attention to that voice right there and then, I was going to turn around and bring my family to where it was comfortable here and easy. And I was known, I'm known by a lot of people here. But listen... When God calls you to do something for his kingdom, he doesn't send a memo to tell you how it's going to pan out. You have to learn how to trust him. When God says something in your life, he's not going to show you the twists and turns that are going to come along your way. He will only show you the dream, but he won't show you the circumstances that is going to be there. That reminds me of the story of Jesus getting into the boat, telling his disciples, let us go to the other side. They got excited to go to the other side, but they did not know what was going to come in between as they were going to the other side. As the boat started being rocked with uh, the wind and the storm, it was bombarding the, the, the small boat. They began to cry out, forgetting in the boat they are the master of the wind. They forgot they are the master of all the masters. They had uh, Jesus right there sleeping alongside them and they began to cry as if they are sinking. 
Sometimes you can have God and you can love God and you can be in God, but you feel like you are sinking. But it doesn't mean that God is not around you, is not there. God's presence sometimes is, does not come to us by goosebumps. God sometimes, you know, will feel like he's in a distant, but he is preparing us to learn how to trust him even when we don't see where he's taking us. I say God likes uh, blindfolding us so that he doesn't show us so many other stuff. Only him, he knows where he's taking us. Five years later, as we were in in, uh, Guaf there, uh, we began to, sorry, few months later, we began to see the purposes and the plans of God unfold. To an extent, uh, we said to me and my wife to say, it was worth it for us to persist for six months to sleep on the carpet because now we see why God brought us to this place. Today, within just five years, we are connected to so many ministries we're working with. But what was the difference? The difference was we refused to give up because we heard God. But we did not see the promises right there and then. We needed to put to praise forward. This brings me to the story I want us to look at. Because uh, if you see, first of all, uh, the Bible teaches us uh, to persist in faith, uh, to persist in doing good, and uh, to persist in trusting God to fulfill his uh, promises. Those are powerful, powerful attributes. That's why persistence is key. Now, I want to also say that we can persist in doing wrong. Because persistence is so powerful. Persistence can take you to a place where, you know, where, where, where only faith can. Because when you persist in faith, you can get what you need. But I want us to persist not in doing wrong, but to persist in pursuing God. Understanding our God is worth it to pursue in our lives. There is nothing that is worth it. More than anything else to pursue in our lives than Jesus Christ. The Bible talks a lot about us standing on the unchanging word of God. So that we can persevere. We can continue to pursue God. No matter the challenges that presents itself in our lives. Let me take you to this guy here. I I, I love this story very well. The story of uh, Jacob. Because you have to understand where Jacob is coming as you look at this story. Jacob has some problems. First, he had some issues with his brother Esau. And uh, his brother wanted to kill him. So he ran away to his uncle Laban. And as he was with his Uncle Laban, as you look at the context of the story, Uncle Laban also, you know, cheated him out of his produce and all that stuff. Um, and then now he's leaving Uncle Laban to go towards where Esau is. It's like he's going to go and meet the person he had cheated. He needs some strength. All of a sudden, it comes to a place where the angel is going to show up. Let's read this story here. Genesis, I'm using the CSB Bible. 
It says that Jacob was left alone and a man, I want to pause right there, a man, a man here is understood by later Israelites to be God or an angel possessing the authority of God. I just want to point out that because uh, it's not just a regular man here that he found. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. I want to stop right there. Jacob knows what he has encountered. He has encountered God here. He has encountered an angel from the Lord, if you like. And he understands the blessing of having an encounter with God. He did not take it partially. He said, I want this encounter to bear fruits. I want him to bless me and I will do everything possible in within my limited strength to make sure this angel of the Lord do not leave this place until my blessings are fulfilled. Jacob is a definition of uh, persistent here. He's going to persist. Now, imagine even his socket, his socket comes out. If it's you and me, probably we're giving up already. There is a small boo-boo. I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm done. Any discomfort will make us uh, want to give up. But Jacob, even when the socket is out, he understood one thing. His focus was not on the pain that this angel had caused on him. His focus was on one thing alone. I want this angel not to leave this place until he blesses me. That's my focus. As he had a persistent... You see, persistent comes when you have a focus on the cross of Jesus Christ. You remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He paid the price on the cross. And at the cross right there, he cried out, Tetelestai, which, in, which is a Greek word for it is finished. And you have to understand that cry of Jesus Christ, Tetelestai, was actually an official stamp that they had to to, to, to stamp any document or any official document by the Greek, uh, Greek leadership. Which means uh, when you see a document stamped Tetelestai, it meant uh, nobody could change anything. So we begin to understand if we focus on the cross, we focus on what Jesus did, we, we remember what he did on the cross, there is no way our passion for, the, for Jesus Christ can wane off in our lives. Because we remember at the cross, he said it is finished. At the cross, he fought our battles. At the cross, he healed my sickness. At the cross he did everything that I desire so I am not going to be moved I am not going to be unshakable I am not going to be immovable I am going to stand the taste of time if death could not keep Jesus Christ in the grave and the Bible says the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the grave resides in me why should I fear why should I give up because I understand my focus is on the cross my help comes from the cross my power comes comes from the cross. My strength comes from the cross. When we go to that level, there is no hell, there is no demon, there is no spirit, there is no circumstance, there is no situation that can pull us away from the love of God. That's how we persist. 
coming to church doesn't become a struggle because now I've fallen in love with Jesus Christ. I've been saying to myself, I am satisfied with Jesus Christ. It's not money that makes me satisfied. It's not how fat my bank account would be that I'll be satisfied. I am satisfied in Jesus Christ and he's my focus. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, he paid the price on the Calvary for me. That thus I am satisfied. Any other things are just extra for me. As we look at Jacob here, Jacob understands something very powerful. He understands I'm not going to let this angel leave this place until I see my blessings. In verse 6 there, then he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. He is not going to let this angel escape. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 27, he asked, the angel, the angel asked, what is your name? The man asked Jacob. He replied, he says, your name will no longer be Jacob. He said, it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. That is a good, good portion of uh, allocation of a title that was given to Jacob here. Because uh, Jacob before, he was hiding between his wives as he was facing his brother to go and face his brother. All of a sudden, after this encounter, he had the courage to go and face Esau. Why? He persisted with God. He persisted in what he was looking for from God. He persisted to see God do what he wanted him to do. Let me show you two, three, three things, two things actually, from that portion of scripture that we just read there. Number one, first of all, focus or focused on something. Focus equals persistence. You can't just persist when you don't have a focus on something. You can't persist if you don't have one thing that you are looking at. Or that one thing that you are desiring. So even though Jacob was injured, like I said, and in pain as he wrestled with the man, he refused to let the man go because he was focused on receiving the blessings of God. Number two, Jacob persisted until he had received, he had received what he wanted. So two things there, focus and persistence go hand in hand. You got to have something you are looking forward to. And it's sad today that we go to church and we don't have anything to look forward to. Am I allowed to say that? It's sad today that we don't have uh, anything to look forward to as we go to church. You see, the church of the book of Acts described, if the Holy Spirit was uh, not available in their church, they wouldn't have any church. They would cancel everything. Why? Because they understood that only the power of the Holy Spirit would make it possible for them to do what they needed to do to have the strength through persecution. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was going to enable them to pursue God. And today as we look around the world, we don't even know the difference. 
That's why we need to be focused on the cross and to persist and also to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit in this time and the age we are living in more than ever before. We can't be who we are called to be without the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't serve God without the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can't be excited about this Jesus Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to remain focused on the cross. Now, one of the things that are persistent is connected to in the Bible is actually prayer. The Bible always connects a prayer with persistence. Jesus promised in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 there. He says, ask and it shall be given unto you. And seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I love that scripture because when I read that scripture those days, I thought you just ask once and then it is given. And then every time I ask, it's like God is not answering. How many feel like God is sleeping up on you? Many of us, we feel like, like that. But the ancient text of that Matthew chapter 7, in the original language, the sense of the verse is uh, keep on asking and it shall be given unto you. Keep on seeking and you shall find. Keep on knocking and it shall be opened. It means uh, keep knocking like Jacob wrestled with God. Just keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. It doesn't matter if you are not seeing it. Just keep asking. When you are tired of asking, keep thanking God because you already asked and you will see God fulfill all that you desire the Bible talks a lot about persistent in prayer I want to show you Romans chapter 12 verse 12 here it says that rejoice in hope be patient in affliction I think that's a huge asking because uh, when it, the going gets tough, it's very difficult for us uh, to even remember we are Christians. You see, the enemy is not afraid how much I can carry this Bible with me on the street. Because the enemy also knows how to quote the, the scriptures. What the devil is scared of is the people who stand on the word of God, who refuse to back off or back down, who understand that the word of God does not go back to God void. It fulfills all that it accomplishes. It may take a year. It may take two years. It may take three years. I'm going to still be standing on the word of God. I may not understand what is happening. I may have questions. But one thing that remains is that the word of God does not pass away. Everything passes away. But only the word of God stands the test of time. Why believe the word of God? Because only the word of God is able to strengthen us in difficult situations. That's why Romans here, he says, uh, rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction and be persistent in prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 also say, pray constantly. Some of your translation will say, pray without ceasing. 
I was a ministering, uh, yes, um, I think uh, last week or on Wednesday, Wednesday this week, and uh, at uh, one of the churches in the city here. And the lady came, the move of the Holy Spirit was uh, so intense in the place. And the lady, she was just standing there. Nobody was laying hands on her. And then she began just jumping and jumping and jumping. When she came into the, the, the place, the, the, the church, she has had uh, a pen over here. Uh, she, she's got a name she called it. I can't remember that name. But she said it has been years and years. Whenever she comes into the, the church or she goes anywhere, she's got that pain. But that day, and she, she continued to pray and people were praying and, and uh, you know, people kept praying and nothing was happening. But that day she came in. She noticed the pain wasn't there. She felt weird because she was accustomed to living with pain. And God had taken that pain away. She began to jump up, up and down. And she gave a quick testimony to say, I've lived with this for many years. I can't feel it right now. And I told her, I said, uh, listen, your prayers are just being answered right now. You see, when we persist in prayer for whatever you are believing God for, there is a, something that God does because God cannot sleep up on you. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8 there, uh, Jesus actually talked about uh, how to be persistent in prayer. Uh, he told a parable, and uh, this parable is so powerful, I want, I want us to read it. He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. Now, I want to say right there, because uh, if you don't persist, either in prayer, either in pursuing God, that's how discouragement comes. Discouragement comes because uh, we back off. We think like uh, nothing can be done by God. Jesus began to say in verse 2, There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect man. That's a bigger statement right there. And the widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. Verse 4, for a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I like that word, keeps pestering me. Do you know what your prayers do when you pray to God? You're actually pestering the devil to back off. You are actually raising up your faith where the devil has no chance to keep whispering doubt in your ears. This widow here, and I want you to know a widow in that community was one of the most despised people. And she had no authority to go and challenge the authority here to say, give me justice. But one, one thing she knew, or two things she had working for her, focused, remember that word? She was focused on what? On justice. Second, persistence. You see, you can have a focus... But without a persistence, you can't get what you're looking for. You have to be, to stay on a point. 
And what she did was she kept pestering this man and he says, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. I feel like uh, we can wear the devil out by actually keep on uh, praying and trusting God even when nothing is working out. Because the devil knows he can get to you. You keep praying for things even though they are not happening. You keep believing for God and, the, and yet things are not working out. Uh, the, the devil backs off. He is scared of people who are very consistent, who are very persistent, and who are very patient for God to act on their behalf. Our job is to petition God with whatever we desire. And God does the rest. So this woman continued. And then uh, in verse 6 he says, uh, Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? That word there, day and night, symbolizes what? Persistence. Because during the day, you cry out to God. During the night, you cry out to God. During the day, you cry out to God. During the night, you cry out to God. It seems like it's a sequence that is going on and on and on, but you are not supposed to do what? To get tired doing that. Why? Because God will definitely answer our prayers. And then here's what he says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, he asked that question. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find that faith on earth? So we're going to add a third element to focused, persistent, now, you can't focus or persist without having faith that whatever you desire in God to do in your life is going to do it. So that is the third element right there. And these are things we need to cry out to God. That God, make me remain focused on the power of the cross. God, let me persist in times of trouble. And God, let me have faith that is unshakable, faith that is unstoppable as I pursue you. So that's what this, this, this lady, uh, this woman had to do. She had to believe God to do, I mean, to believe the judge to give her justice even when she didn't see that coming. The judge had to give her that justice. I want to jump real quick here to Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Again, we see another story about uh, persistence. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, this is Jesus, with his disciples, a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now, it's so interesting right there that he just heard. All he did was just heard. That probably a good gossip right there. Do you know that Jesus is in town? But the man has been blind for a long time. And he hears a gossip about Jesus Christ coming into town. 
And he's been living with a condition that nobody could cure him. He's been living with a condition that nobody could help him come out of. But he hears Jesus is in the city today. Imagine you hear that the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. What can you do? You're going to rush there. But this man he can't because he is blind. This man he can't because he can't see. But look what this man is going to do now. He's going to persist to make sure he sees that which he desires. I don't know the Bible doesn't tell us how long he was blind. The Bible doesn't tell us how many years he was blind. But he senses the chance. This is my chance. This is my moment to have a turnaround in my life. This is my moment for God to do something in my life. And I'm not going to pass this moment by. I'm going to call out the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible declares here. And he says uh, when he heard that it, it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. Jesus son of David have mercy on me. Many began to quieten him. They owned him. You're making noise. They did not understand this man. All he wanted was to see God do something about his situation. Let me tell you something. Most of the times we are concerned about who is listening to us as we are praying. We are concerned about who is watching us, who is looking at us. That's why we feel stuck. Sometimes we have to step out and to say, I'm going to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how sick I have been. It doesn't matter how my condition has been. I'm going to cry out to the name above every name. Remember, there is no salvation only through Jesus Christ. There is no healing only through Jesus Christ. And there is no turnaround in our lives only through the name above every name. The name Jesus Christ. This blind Bartimaeus, he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Do you think Jesus would ignore? But the people were around, they begin to quieten him. You're making too much noise. Keep quiet. But he was crying out. Even more, the Bible says. He knew himself what he needed. He knew what he needed to, to, to get from God. Listen, sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish to encounter God on your own. Because at the end of the day, only all we need each one of us is to experience Jesus for ourselves. Nobody can experience Jesus for me. Nobody can worship Jesus for me. No one can praise Jesus for me. Sometimes you have to be selfish. If there is a moment to be selfish in our lives, is to get Jesus in our lives and to experience him at every turn of our corner. Because when we have experienced him, then we can help others. Because we can't give what we don't have. You can't share things that you haven't experienced. That's why God wants you to have a moment with his presence. It doesn't matter what has been holding you back. 
It doesn't matter what you have gone through. It doesn't matter the situation you have made. You may be first. Jesus remains Jesus. He has promised. If we call upon his name, he will answer our prayers. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me in times of trouble, and I will answer thee and show thee the greater and mighty things. God is waiting for you to hear your cry. Will you cry? Will you persist? And will you focus on Jesus Christ to offer only what he can offer the best. But Amaris, they're trying to quieten him here. Almost done here. But Amaris refuses. He refuses to be quietened. Jesus had to stop. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and he said to him, have courage. Get up. He is calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? As if Jesus doesn't know already what this man wants. He's making sure because Jesus or God is not a dictator. He will not impose himself on us. He will not impose himself on you. If you have to experience the presence of God, you have to open up to the presence of God because God cannot impose himself on the church and God cannot impose himself over our lives. God works with our cooperation. If we cooperate with him, he is going to show himself strong in our lives. This man, he asked him, what do you want me to do? And Jesus says, he says, uh, Labon, the blind man said to him, I want to see, that's what it means. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. Look how he ties that faith has saved you. Basically what saved this man is those two things. Plus the faith. He was focused on his healing. Nobody could shut him down because he was focused. When they wanted to quiet him down, he persisted because he was focused. And his faith caused him to persist. His faith caused him to be focused on what he wanted. My question to you is, what is it that you are believing God for? And I want to say this, if you have never given your life to God, it becomes very difficult in our lives to actually even persist in our lives. We're not talking about big faith or small faith here. It is very simple. Faith is simple, very simple. Faith is based on us focusing on what Jesus Christ has already done. He has already won the battle for us. We don't have to go in the ring, in the boxing ring with the devil. We don't have to dance with the devil. Jesus has already done that. Our job is to just celebrate what God has already done through Jesus Christ, his son. What is it that you are believing God for? What is it that you are believing God to do in your life? You can't persist if you're not in Christ. You can't persist if you're not walking with Christ. Let's stand. I don't know where you are at in your life. I don't know what you've battled. I don't know what has gone on in your life. 
But I can hear the presence of God in this place saying today God wants to offer you a turnaround. There is a turnaround that God wants to offer you tonight. And God is saying, I haven't abandoned you. God is saying, I haven't forsaken you. I've been always here with you. In the valley, I've been with you. You are in this place to persist. You're going to need to commit first of all to this Jesus we're talking about. There is no any other power other than the power of Jesus Christ. You may have been born again. You are not baptized. One of the reasons to be baptized actually is a commitment so that you can know and be sure that I'm walking with Jesus Christ and I'm going to persist in following after him. Even though the world may try to pull me to the left, to pull me to the right, I am satisfied, I am committed, I am dedicated to following Jesus Christ. I want us to close our eyes for a second here. Just close your eyes if you can. And the reason I'm asking you to do that, I just want you to reflect on what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. What is it that you've been battling? It could be an addiction. It could be just something in your life that doesn't seem to chip in. Today I feel the presence of God in this place. That is breaking every chains, breaking every shackles, so that we can worship God better. When we are free, and when the Bible says we are free in Jesus, we are indeed free. Nothing to hold us back. You may be here. I want to invite you to come and join me here. We're going to pray together. We're going to release the anointing of God to break every chains in your life. If you feel like your life has been stuck, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is in this place tonight. He is going to break every chains that has been holding you back. And I pray that you don't feel shy tonight. I pray that you don't feel shy because when God is doing something in our lives, he requires us to respond. I don't know how you do it here, but I, I want to ask you to just come quickly to the front here. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you before I hand over the microphone. Come to the front. We're going to pray with you here. Let's just close as I'm praying. You can walk to the front here as I'm praying. Don't feel shy. Don't feel shy. Just come to the front here. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. It's a new season for you. It's a new beginning right now. It's a new season for you. It's a new season. We are declaring a new season over you. We are declaring a new season of strength. We are declaring a new season that God is going to take you through. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are lifting you up right now in Jesus' name. We are glorifying you tonight. We are worshiping you tonight. You are worthy to receive all the glory in this place. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you right now. We welcome your Holy Spirit upon this place. We declare, Father, your presence in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to make one more call. 
you are here you've never given your life to the lord it is difficult to persist without god or you have taken off your passion to pursue god i want to pray with you as well that the holy spirit is going to strengthen you the holy spirit is going to empower you to do what god has called you to do